Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 107. Some of your Bibles automatically just fall open to Matthew. I guess there's good reason for that. But since there's not a 27th chapter, we'll just stop and find a new place to, to look at for a while. So this morning we're in Psalm 107. It's a pretty, pretty lengthy psalm. And I don't plan to try to put my finger on every word this morning. We're just really going to focus our attention on verse number, or verses 1 through 9. Psalm 107, and let me read the text this morning. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. I'll tell you now, I'm not sure if I'm going to... My original plan at the beginning of the week was to spend the next three or four weeks looking at Psalm 107. And uh, my plans are not his plans, and uh, I've said before, I'm not in charge here, so... Uh, I don't know if we're going to cover it all today or if we're going to come back to this next Sunday or not, but I think if we capture what is in verses 1 through 9, we get a good sense of what's going on in the rest of the psalm. Psalm 107 is a fascinating testimony of God's undeserved and unwavering goodness to His people. It calls us immediately in the first verse, to give thanks for God's goodness and to praise Him for His unfailing love, His steadfast love. It's important that we understand what steadfast love is since it's really the theme of the whole psalm. Really, it's a theme of most of the psalms, the steadfast love of the Lord. This is God's chesed. This is a Hebrew word. Uh, and, and you see there at the beginning of the title of their chesed for hungry wanderers. I can only say chesed so many times because I'm afraid of what will happen in the back of my throat. So I'll, I'm going to off more often just say the steadfast love of the Lord. But chesed is a, is a very difficult word to capture in the English language. Many of our Bible translations offer very different meanings every time this word appears in the text. And even within the same Bible the word chesed is, is interpreted differently. Uh, your Bible might say uh, here in verse number uh, 1, mercy. It might say loving kindness. Some of them say loyal love. Some of them say faithfulness. It's because there's not really one single word that expresses the full meaning of chesed. 
And so our different translations uh, try so many words to express it adequately. But I think that we can get a sense of what the steadfast love of God is as we listen to what the song here is saying to us. Now, according to verse 2, this hesed is displayed through the redemption of God's people. In other words, God demonstrates steadfast, merciful, faithful love by redeeming His people and gathering them from exile. Now, to redeem is an important word to understand as well, and it means to claim as one's own, or to lay claim on something or on someone, or uh, very simply to just buy back. And so these people who have been redeemed of the Lord belong to God, but they were exiles. They were scattered. They were far, and God has brought them back. He has claimed them for His own, and since He has claimed them for His own, He rescues them when they're in trouble. Now, when the Bible speaks of hesed, it is more than just an emotion. When we think of steadfast love, we don't need to just think of a feeling. This is an action. And it's an action that is connected to a relationship. It has been described that Steadfast love is the inclination to show amazing grace to the one who is loved. In this case, amazing grace is shown in deliverance of the people who are loved. I like to think of chesed as covenant love. Since God has claimed a people, He's put His mark on a certain people, He demonstrates His unfailing love, His covenant love to them, in their trouble, through deliverance. Because the steadfast love of the Lord never fails, He shows wondrous acts of mercy and love and kindness to people who don't deserve it. Now, two themes that we see in this psalm and throughout the Scripture are exile and redemption. These are major themes in the history of Israel, most famously in the Exodus story, when the people of Israel uh, had been slaves for 400 years, and God miraculously delivered them from bondage, from slavery, brought them out of Egypt and towards the promised land. Exile, redemption. But this happened often throughout their history, and another big event was in the 6th century B.C., when Because of sin, Israel was led away into captivity in Babylon. If you're familiar with the story of Daniel, or you're familiar with the story of Ezra, this is that time of captivity. But even then, because of God's chesed, because of His mercy, His love, He delivered His people and He brought them back home. And this, I think, is the context of Psalm 107. The exile. The exile and the redemption. Because of covenant love. Exile was the, God's response to the people's sin. And redemption was the answer to their prayers. Or deliverance was the answer to their prayer. If you peek up in Psalm 106, which is just, a, we're just looking at two verses above our, our text this morning. Psalm 106 They pray for deliverance. They say in verse 47, Save us, O Lord our God, 
and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. And now Psalm 107 begins with the answer to that prayer. He has gathered them. He has redeemed them from trouble and gathered them in from the lands, from the east, the west, the north, and the south. And so now, 107 is the time for the people to do what they said they were going to do when God gathered them. It's time to give thanks and to glory in His praise. And so verse 1 tells us, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, this psalm is presented to us uniquely, and it's important, I think, that we recognize the structure uh, as we were, if we were to go through this to, uh, together. There are several stanzas in this song. Like a lot of songs today, there's a, there's a chorus, there's, there's verses to the song, there's, sometimes there's a bridge, there's an ending, and this psalm has all of it. It starts off with, I think, the, the chorus, verses 1 through 3. This is the chorus, this is the theme of the song. And then from verse 4 to 33, we have four stanzas. In our traditional music, we call them four verses, but I don't want you to get confused because there's you know, 43 verses in this. So there are four stanzas to the song. And then at verse number 34, we have a kind of a summary of the whole song, or musically we might call it the bridge. And then verse 43 is the shortened version of the chorus. And by the time we get to the end of the song, we're actually brought back to the beginning to consider the steadfast love of God. It's all about chesed. Now I want you also to notice within each stanza, there's a pattern. There's a formula. Very simply, problem, prayer, answer, response. And if we keep those four pieces in mind, we can see it played out four times in each stanza. Now, if you're using an ESV, as I'm using today, uh, it'll be a little easier to find because each stanza begins with the word some. You'll find, it much e- uh, you'll find it easier if you don't have it, but if you're, if you're using that, then just look for the word some. Each stanza shows us God's steadfast love to people who are in dire circumstances and in great need of help. And the first stanza we focus on today is about chesed, for hungry wanderers. Now think about the predicament that these people are in. This is their problem. It says in verse number 4, they're in a desert. Now a desert is a tough place to be if you're just passing through it. I don't know if anybody has ever been to a, a real desert before. I've been to the sand dunes, and I don't think that counts. You have to actually be far from anything to really be in a desert, or maybe out in, the, uh, in California or, the, or Arizona, the, the wilderness, the, the Mojave, or something like that, the Sahara. I've never been to Africa. But if you've, ever, uh, uh, if you've ever watched a movie and they were in the desert, you know it looks pretty rough out there as we sit in the comfort of our home and, and uh, chew on popcorn while we watch those people struggle out there for water. It's difficult to be in a desert just to pass through it is even more difficult for these people because they're not going anywhere. They're just wandering. It says that they wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. They're homeless. They're just drifting aimlessly. They can't find their way. They're going somewhere, but really they're going nowhere. Verse 5 says that they're hungry and thirsty. 
That makes sense. They're in a desert. But notice that their soul is fainting within them. This points us to the fact that this is more than a physical problem. There's a spiritual problem that they have. A deep spiritual problem. How did they get in the desert in the first place? Some of us have looked through this. We did this in a Sunday school class a few uh, back in the fall. So some of you have thought through this a little bit already, but I, I asked that question this week. How, how did they get in the desert? And the short answer is, God put them there. God led them there. Because within the context of exile, and this psalm I believe is a post-exile psalm, they were brought to the desert because of their sin. God had warned them that sin would bring punishment. Namely, they would be removed from their land. And Israel learned the hard way that God was very serious about that. And as they sinned and, and were not repentant, God came through on His promises and removed them from the land. They were ripped away from their homes. Some of them never to return. Because God sent them into foreign lands, into desert places because of their sin. But the wonderful thing here is that God had not forgotten them. God had not abandoned His people even though they were in the desert. Even though they were in the wilderness. That's the problem. Now look at the prayer. What do they do? They cried to the Lord. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. Verse 6. They turn back to God in their distress. God, save us. We're your people. Help us. We're lost. We're wandering. We're hungry. We're thirsty. We're sorry. Forgive us for our sins. A beautiful example of a cry to the Lord in exile comes in the book of Daniel. Daniel is reading the Scriptures and realizes that the time of their exile is coming to an end. They will be brought back home. And Daniel, for a whole chapter, prays a prayer of confession of their sin, of sins that had been committed before he was born. Rescue us. And God answers them. Look at the end of verse 6. He delivered them from their distress. Now this is a pivotal phrase because it repeats word for word in every stanza. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. It happens in every stanza. You'll see it three more times if you keep reading. When the people of God cry out in their trouble, He hears them and delivers them from their distress. And notice, as the, as the stanza continues, how God responds exactly to their need. The problem the prayer, and here's the answer. How does God deliver them from their distress? He led them by a straight way. Verse 7. They're not wandering anymore. They have a direction. They're not even just sent a certain way. They're guided. He led them by a straight way. The, the, the road has gotten clearer, smoother, till they reach the city to dwell in. Before they had no city, no inhabited place to dwell. They were homeless. But God has brought them home. He satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul He fills with good things. 
And in every response, God addresses their specific need. He guided, He provided, He satisfied, and He filled so that they were able to taste and see that the Lord is good, even to hungry wanderers. And how should these former wanderers respond to God? Now that they've been redeemed. Now that they've been delivered from trouble. Now that their souls are satisfied. Verse 8. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love. For His wondrous works to the children of men. This is repeated each time in every stanza as well. Give thanks for what God has done for you. Because God has done great things, wondrous works for you. He has shown faithful love and mercy to His covenant people. So, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Psalm 107 is a psalm for people who know better. I think this is where we fit in. We know what God said. We hear the warnings of Scripture. We know what we're supposed to do, and we know what we're not supposed to do. And yet, like sheep, we go astray. Each of us, times, goes our own way. We know we're not supposed to, but we do it anyway. We know God hates sin, and yet we sin. We know God has said to do X, and we do Z. We know God has said do not do X. And we say, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. We know better. Just like Israel, Judah knew better. We find ourselves in those times in desert places. Wandering about, searching for something else to satisfy us. We've left the, the promises of God. We've left the, the commands of God. We say, no, no, I want something different. I want something else. We find ourselves wandering about in a desert looking for something that will satisfy. Instead, we go hungry, thirsty. We find no place to rest, only trouble distress. But the psalm here is not beating us up for what we've done. Instead, it is reminding us that there is steadfast love for hungry wanderers, sometimes like ourselves. Our God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. As one said, this psalm emphasizes God's goodness in spite of man's sin. This is the theme of Psalm 107. The chesed, the steadfast love of God for sinners. Praise God for His un.
unfailing covenant love. The love that God does not give up on us every time we fail. Prone to wander? Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. But the God who abounds in steadfast love does not give up on His people. He is faithful because He has chosen them for Himself. And when they cry to Him, He will deliver them. These are the ones who belong to Him. These are the ones who have been redeemed through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. So not only is this a psalm for people who know better, this is a psalm for people who are going through life looking for something to satisfy them. They've tried it all, and yet they haven't found anything worth having. They've looked in all the corners. They've tasted all the things, and yet their soul is still hungry, thirsty, and fainting within them. Can you imagine being in the desert? You don't have direction. You don't have food. You don't have water. And at some point, you just want to give up. Does that describe you? Has that ever been you? You find yourself in the desert places, looking, but never finding, wandering, Never really going anywhere in life. You know what you need to do? You need to turn to God. You need to cry out to the Lord in your trouble. Because He delivers those who cry to Him from their distress. The psalm repeatedly tells us that the turning point in the time of trouble is when we turn to God. Whether it's in the dry desert, as stanza one, or in a dark prison, like stanza two, or on a deathbed, like stanza three, or on a, uh, a, a, at sea in a storm. Those who turn to God find help, an abounding steadfast love, and grace that is greater than their sin. So turn to God in your trouble. And in your distress, cry out to Him because He is able to deliver you from the desert place. And He is abounding in steadfast love. Daniel 9 says, He keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments. Now, ultimately and most beautifully and perfectly, God has demonstrated this chesed in Jesus Christ. The the steadfast love of God is perfectly revealed in Jesus. Listen to this. Consider this. In Jesus, we have every spiritual blessing in in the heavenly places. That's Ephesians 1.3. Our hunger and our thirst are satisfied in Him, as we read this morning in John chapter 6. He is the bread of life, and He is the living water. And if we eat the bread and we drink the water, we will never hunger or thirst Again, in Christ, we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. It's Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1. In Jesus, we are rescued from trouble 
Colossians 1.13. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us in His Father's house, in His kingdom, John 14. And through Jesus, we are transferred to His kingdom and brought to a heavenly city. Hebrews 11. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. So stop wandering. Stop looking. And turn to Christ. Stop hungry. Feast on Him. Isaiah 55, we read a part of it this morning, but I wanted to read the first three verses of it because it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which doesn't satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, God says. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast love, my steadfast, sure love for David. Do you realize that the stories that we read about, particularly in the Old Testament, aren't just there so we have Sunday school material? They're not just there for entertainment. They're not even there to teach moral lessons. What habits to have and what not to have. These stories tell us that the God who helped these people is still around today to help us. He's still there. These people are gone. They're not there in their homeland anymore. They're not anywhere. They're in the ground. They're with the Lord. But the God who helped them is able to help us today to rescue those who cry to Him. But we must cry to Him find deliverance. And our own stories of deliverance have a meaning too. Not just the stories from the Bible. We read those and we're encouraged by those. But you have a story of deliverance. You have a story of redemption, Christian. How has God delivered you? That story is not to be kept to itself either. God did not redeem us so that we have a secret to hide. The story of how God led you out of the desert or out of prison or out of the storm needs to be shared so that other people may hear and know and find help in the same God who has helped you, who has helped all His people with covenant, steadfast love. So, What has God done for you? How has God delivered you? If God has shown amazing grace to you, steadfast love in Jesus Christ, then say so. Talk about it. First, talk about it to God with thanksgiving and praise. God, what have you you've done these things for me? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. How marvelous. How wonderful is my Savior's love for me. But also, we need to be telling others who need to hear and know. We need to remind one another 
of what God has done for us and God has done in us. That's why we have a community. We can encourage one another. Let me tell you what God has done for me. I think that is connected to why David said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. To be with others. Worship our God and be in the community of God and His people. So Psalm 107 is a psalm for hungry, wandering sinners like me, like you. People who found redemption and deliverance and forgiveness and a merciful God. Who found that grace and chesed is more than our sin. People who have found the amazing grace in Jesus Christ. Our Father, you are the merciful God who abounds in delights and steadfast love. And you have redeemed us in Christ Jesus. So lead us, wandering sheep, but your wandering sheep, to your heavenly city. Feed us who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Satisfy our longing souls so that we may proclaim your steadfast love with thankful hearts through Jesus, who with you, Father and Spirit, now lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen.